0: Hello, hello. Welcome into the Pick and Pod. It's March 29th. I'm Kevin Kelly. I'm joined today by Reed Horner on my right. Reed, how are you
1: feeling? I'm excited. There's a lot to talk about.
0: A lot to talk about. And Vinny DeBellis running the board for us and hosting. He's doing double duty today. Vinny, how are you feeling? <laughs>
1: yeah, excited to talk some hoops.
0: Yeah, right on, man. All right, so let's get right into it with the New York teams. We're not going to talk about them too much because now both of them are officially eliminated from the playoffs. The Knicks this past week got eliminated. They're at 30-45 and right now. But the two teams are playing each other this week uh, on Friday, April 1st at 7.30. It's going to be at MSG. The Nets are 2-1 against the Knicks this year, so this is kind of for the bragging rights in New York. We'll see how this goes. The Nets have actually been playing well recently. They beat the Cavs last Thursday. Brooke Lopez had 22, seven rebounds, and 5 assists. Kilpatrick was in double digits again. He was in double digits against the Pacers on uh, Sunday. And so he's been playing nicely. They signed him to a multi-year deal. He's around. They've had some, you know, kind of promising things going on there. And uh, maybe they're working against the Celtics a little bit to give them a few less ping pong balls, because the Nets currently have 21 wins and Phoenix is at 20. So right now they have the fourth worst record. A few less ping pong balls for them. The Knicks recently, they have been having a rough go of it. They beat the Bulls twice in a back-to-back. But the Who Bulls hasn't? have been, <laughs> yeah, the Bulls have been a disaster recently. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But. I think the Nets are going to win this game. I think I've seen a little bit more promise out of them recently, and maybe they have a little more to play for because they're just a bunch of young guys who have a lot to prove. I don't see the Knicks. They're really looking more towards next year and free agency. I don't know what you guys think.
2: Yeah, I mean, as you said, bragging rights-wise, this is really the only motivation for either of these teams going into the game, but it usually is a pretty well-attended game. Knicks-Nets in the past few years, especially since the – Nets moved to Brooklyn, so I'm sure we'll see both the teams going hard since there's not much else to play for. Um, it's, it, it's been a rough go of it for both of them this year, but I think if the Knicks can incorporate Porzingis, get him involved, even though he hasn't been the Rookie of the Year candidate recently that he was at the beginning of the year. Hit a little
0: bit of a wall, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. which is normal for a guy who was showing a lot more promise than really he was expected to this early. Um, if he can regain that form, I think he'll be a key in the matchup and, uh, mellow as much as people have been ragging on him and debating whether he should still be there or if he's really in it for the long run there, he's putting up a solid stat line this year, which is normal for him. Guy puts up numbers and he
1: always uh, will. Like he's not going to ever fall off.
2: So, I think that that's who the Knicks should be focused on going into the matchup. How about you, Reed?
1: I just get kind of depressed when I hear about <laughs> the, Knicks and Nets. The,
0: it is. Other. It's rough at this point. I feel like we've been talking about them all year, and they're having, early on there were some positives for the Knicks. It's just
1: like missed potential, if yeah. that makes sense. And maybe we're looking at this too much through a New York lens that maybe most of the country doesn't care about, two teams that don't even have 35 wins. Yeah. But I look at it, and this could be a really good game if the two teams were good, but you're right. You look at the the, the Nets, and yes, they beat Cleveland recently, but they haven't done much this year. Um, Kilpatrick has shown himself, so maybe they have some more promise. And the Knicks are just dysfunctional, and they have some promise with Porzingis, but for the most part... This game is to be the the best of the worst, and no one wants to be the worst or the be- you, Anyways, so yeah, I get depressed with uh, what this game could be, but at the same time, I would go with the Nets just because when I look at the Knicks, they have really they have more talented players, but they just seem very disorganized to me for whatever reason. They seem like I just don't trust them. I think the Nets just aren't good enough to be good, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. <laughs> That's fair. And um, when they get their stuff together and some players show up, they can actually beat teams like a Cleveland and presumably the Knicks on this Friday
0: yeah yeah we'll see how that one goes so Vinny, your final answer was the Knicks right
2: yeah I think I'm going Knicks if they can find a way to Speaking stop a contrarian Lopez,
1: yeah, yeah good deals so the two of Knicks. us
0: I like the I like the difference we'll see how it goes We'll have to check back next week and see how uh, our picks ended up but let's keep it in the east and move over to Chicago another another big city team Chicago has just had a it's a rough year but recently they've really collapsed lost several straight now they lost to the Knicks, obviously, we just said, twice last week in a, in a back-to-back. And uh, it, it's kind of, they're two and a half back of Detroit, so they're not eliminated from the playoffs, but it doesn't look like they're going to get there. And so at this point, you kind of have to start thinking what they're going to do in the offseason and beyond, because this team doesn't seem to be meshing. Do you, do you keep Pau Gasol? Uh, I heard last night there's been a little bit of talk that Jimmy Butler doesn't necessarily get, get along with all the guys on the team. And then maybe you have to think about even moving him if you want to keep that the core of what they have there. So I don't know what you guys think, but I think maybe move on from Pau Gasol. Pau has played great, I think, but I think you have to go a different direction right now. And I don't know what the move is because they don't have, they've had, they've had some troubled, troubled past, even with their ownership, not necessarily wanting to spend money too. So it'll be interesting to see how they approach this free agency.
1: Well, first, when you look at the Chicago Bulls, you have to ask yourself is this team not succeeding because they don't have the talent, or are they not succeeding because they, for whatever reason, don't mesh? Those are two different problems, and they're attacked in two very different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, If the problem is meshing, I don't think moving Butler is the right choice. I think he's your best player. I think he's a young player who has potential. Um, But it could be a very big possibility. You talk about Paul Gasol, who came to Chicago, let's not forget, thinking he would have one more chance at a championship, and he doesn't now. So who knows what he's feeling like. Um you have a Noah who's a very intense guy, and that was all very good when they were fighting Miami for the Eastern Conference and they were playing well. But now he's an intense guy who whose play has fallen off and the team is now bad and so everyone's kind of probably down in the dumps, and then we don't really know for sure, but I'm sure the front office, like you said, doesn't have the greatest history with its relationship with the staff.
0: Yeah, a couple past years, there have been them not wanting to spend money, them not wanting to pay the tax. Yeah, so And now you don't know
1: what to do because you look at the Chicago Bulls, and it's almost better if they just sucked, then you just say, let's get better players. Yeah, But if you already have good players, now you got to pick and choose and see, okay, which one of these good players will be good for longer and which one of these good players will work with the other good players why we get rid of the third good player that won't work with the other two good players. You know, it's confusing. Yeah, but it, that's really hard for them to do, and they're in a tough spot, but they got to get something done.
0: Yeah. And they, you know, when Jimmy Butler was healthy, they were all right. And Doug McDermott is a guy who actually took some, like, really positive steps forward this year. He showed some things, but they, in that stretch where Butler was out, they had some trouble. Now that he's back, they're not really meshing still. So, I I don't know what the next step is for them.
2: I agree that role player wise, McDermott and Miritich. Yeah, Miritich is playing nicely too.
1: What are they missing then? I'm it is. It's a funny. Rose thing. is a good point guard. He's not amazing, but some
2: people
0: argue it's the coach. Some people argue that Fred Hoiberg yeah. isn't meant for the NBA and, and it's not going to work out. Is that what you think?
1: I don't. I don't honestly. My whole philosophy with NBA coaches, they can help a team. They can hurt a team, but it's not going to go much either way. I mean, these guys are grown men. These are professionals. The coach is not going to make them that much better and that much worse.
2: It could take some time, I think, for Hoiberg, because coming from the uh, the old coach, uh, Thibodeau, Thibodeau had a very distinct style. He was just, intense. The yeah. distinct is nice. He was intense. Very hard defensively, and I, th- I think it had just come to a point where the the marriage was over between the co- coach and the franchise, but he, he was a guy who you knew what you were getting, hard defensive efforts, and Hoyberg brings something different to the table, and I don't think too many people have been pointing to the coaching as a – Uh, potential reason for for the struggles as much as whether it's Butler and Rose can't work together and uh, D Rose has taken an incredible amount of heat in the past and this season too and I mean you, you gotta wonder I mean, if, if you're Chicago, would you stick if, – if you could only choose one, would you go Rose or Butler for the future? It's Butler. A, no Butler. question. Yeah, but yeah. Butler. you just mm-hmm. you
0: can't rely on Rose with the injuries. Yeah. But it's interesting. I like that you brought up the point that Thibodeau, you knew what you are getting. He's a guy who is always going to force, like, the best effort out of everybody. And then you hear Jimmy Butler earlier this year complaining that Hoiberg was a little too relaxed. Mm. Recently, they had a meeting. Apparently, everybody's aired their grievances or taken steps forward, but it seems a little <laughs> too late for that at this point. Thirty six and thirty seven and they had two a and a half back session. in the playoffs. Yeah, a little <laughs> heart to heart. But yeah, I don't know. I I don't think. Uh, I I don't know if Hoyberg's giving them the right message. I'm a big proponent of him. I think he can be a good coach in the league, but I don't know if
1: right now chance. it's really working out. Yeah, I mean, because the best NBA coaches in our league are ones that can play or manage. Yeah. Like we said, we're at the, they're at the level, they're not telling the players how to play. The best coaches are like um, a Phil Jackson who are able to get great players to play together even if they may not like each other. Yeah. Kobe and Shaq as the, as the biggest right. star, yeah, or yeah. a Rodman and Jordan even they, they, even though they didn't have fights, Rodman was a head case. I think those are the best coaches, and I think Hoiberg has the potential to be a great coach, but he hasn't, at least for this team, found the right way to manage the players, and they may have suffered for that reason. True.
0: Yeah, and so so since we're talking about them, talking about Butler, where would you guys rank him in the top list of NBA players? We expected this year he'd make that jump and become a real superstar. But players he or just two let's, guard? Let's go two. Let's let's start with players, and then we'll go to two guard from there. Because I think players wise, he at least should be in the top twenty five. That rough range.
2: I would top, agree with top twenty five. Yeah, I think is fair. Um, you see, in in the past years a lot of comparisons have been drawn between him and Kawhi Leonard and we've seen Leonard take off yeah he's going to another level crazy rise and being a consensus top five player in the league and Butler hasn't quite done that he's shown flashes but this year no- nowhere near what Ka- Kawhi Leonard's been and we see just the value that everyone's given these two-way players the two guards in the league of Kawhi Leonard Klay Thompson and it's interesting to discuss why Butler isn't quite there just yet.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, Reed, do you dis- you dis- sound like you disagreed with the uh top 25?
1: Uh, no, I think top 25. I what I my problem with it is shooting guard, right? Is he a top 5 shooting guard? And, I think so. Okay, but then when you that's such a vague question. Do you talk about, when you say top 5 shooting guard, do you think okay, if every team has a blank roster, are you drafting him? Because if so, then you're right. Because he's young, he's potential. Or is it a single game? Is he one of your top five shooting guards? And those are two different questions. Okay? I
0: think it's still the same answer. I think he's still top five. It's not (laughs) for me. Okay. right, that's fair. I still think he is either way. Because I think it is, there is uh, a real benefit to a two-way player. The shooting guard spot in the NBA is just kind of lacking right now. Mm -hmm. It was really unfortunate last year we had Wes Matthews get hurt with the Achilles because he was I think one of the top five shooting guards in the league, and he was another one of those guys who played two ways. He was great on both ends. I think Butler is still in that top five either way, no matter what. Can I give you some
1: names, and then you tell me who you'd rather? Yeah. Okay, so, and this is maybe going to answer your own question. Would you rather Jimmy Butler or DeMar DeRozan?
0: I'd rather DeMar DeRozan.
1: Okay, so that's one. That's one. And I'm not even ranking just five would you rather? Would you rather Clay Thompson?
0: Yes, Clay Thompson. Okay. You're picking all the guys that I'd go with first. I'm, yeah. Would you We're
1: rather gonna... this is a hard one, Dwayne Wade. Because this is the instance where you say one game versus yeah. a season. Because I still think Dwayne Wade for one game is a player I'd take over him. But if you're investing that in your the butler. For me.
0: Yeah, but even if it's one game, I'm still I'm still struggling to take Wade because you just don't know. If he's at complete full strength, maybe. If Which you he can has guarantee been here. Miami's yeah. been, been, been solid. playing
1: very well. So solid weight. Let's go solid weight, assuming he's healthy.
0: That one's like a, pretty much a tie for okay, me. Okay, so Harden. Harden I'd take, even though I don't like what he's done this year.
1: And then who else would it be? Um, I, I made, think that's it. So he's Wiggins, top, Andrew I'd, Wiggins, maybe. But
0: but one game, I'd still take Butler over okay, Wiggins. So that w- might change even by next year. Would so, you
2: call Kawhi Leonard a two or three?
0: I'd call him a three. three. And okay. even Butler's kind of debatable. Yeah. He could be called mm-hmm. a three too, but yeah, well,
1: honestly it's... in today's game, what distinguishes a good point guard and a shooting guard? Like Russell Westbrook is shooting more than his own shooting guard kind of type of thing. I mean, maybe there are yeah. exceptions, but again, maybe that's just a product of, of the entire league changing and positions kind of their roles changing as well. True.
2: And so so what do you think top five? For Butler, I I was struggling to get names ahead of him, and mm-hmm. DeRozan was one I hadn't thought of who I would put ahead, especially the way the Raptors have been this year. And the, the Wade question is perplexing for me too because I, I I would agree the way Wade's played this year, sort of rejuvenated. I would take him in a one-game setting over Butler, but obviously if you're starting a team up, I, I'd go Butler. Yeah. So, so he's top five, question. but he's
1: five. Pretty. It's what yeah. it seems like, right? Yeah, I think so. Which is fair. That's fair yeah. You know, I mean – the only problem I have with him, and maybe this is my own bias, when it comes to star players and good players, I just feel that in the NBA, if you're a good player, your team should be successful no matter what. Like maybe not win a championship, but they should be a respectable team. When you're that good of a player, and as we said, Chicago hasn't been like that. Yeah. So he's missing something that I think Wade has, I think Harden has, mm. I think these other Demar Rosen has. You know what I mean? Yeah. And once he takes that next step, then I'll be ready, ready to say, for sure, top five. Till then, I don't want to prematurely crown him and two years look back at it and say, oh, why did we think, like, Butler, kind of like Paul George before he hurt himself. Why did we think he'd be this great player? And now he's good, but he's never as good as we thought. And then he has to deal with that the rest of his career.
0: So this provides a nice segue because Clay Thompson came up in that. And so <laughs> let's talk. So Clay had two 40-point games this past week. He was named Player of the Week. He averaged 32.3 points a game with four rebounds and 1.5 assists. And he hit thir- 62.2% from three-point range. He was absolutely fantastic. Right now, he's averaging 3.56 three-point makes per game. And he's on pace to get either – he'll if he stays at this pace, he'll be one three back of Steph Curry for second on the all-time threes list in a season. Which is and ridiculous. That was Steph last year. Yeah, and they're the same team. So they would own the top four <laughs> spots on that list after it used to be just Ray, Ray Allen alone at the top.
2: That's absurd.
0: So – just madness. But let's say we put Klay Thompson on the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Are they a playoff team? Does he improve mm-hmm. them enough that they're ought- they're definitely in the playoffs? I'm
2: hmm. going to go with yes on that one just because of how close they are right now at the bottom of the East. It's not yeah. like they're in, That's they're in the That's because the net East position. sucks,
1: though. That still might not answer the question. Is uh, Clay Thompson able to elevate a team like that? I mean, this yeah.
2: year, the, the bottom of the East has been stronger than it's been in past years. I mean, historically, you always see that the bottom of the West is stronger. But this year, I'm going to say that Clay would propel them into the playoffs. It'd be tough to find where he's playing and how he'd fit into that situation. Yeah, that is a tough fit, but you know. But you look at how how are you not going to have a team in the playoffs with uh, Derrick Rose, as much as he's diminished? You got D Rose, Jimmy Butler. And Clay Thompson as on the court at the same time with Powell, the experience. I was inside. thinking of swapping him, but in that okay. case, I would oh. too. Yeah, let's yeah. swap
0: Butler out okay. and then put just Clay there. You still have the same opinion?
2: Uh, I would still say yes, but, so, that, but it would that
0: be probably closer. like the eighth yeah. seed. Yeah. yeah, okay, that's fair.
1: Reed, I guess the question, um, the Bulls, I think yes, um, but if you take Butler out, then I'm like, I'm they're struggling to get it in the playoffs. Yeah, I think the better question is. If you put them on a team like the Magic or the Bucks, do they become a very competitive team, even? You know I think I mean? the Bucks
0: would be. I think the Bucks, obviously, this year, it looked like a step back for them, but that would be an incredible fit, I think, for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to open like Pandora's box of discussion because the Warriors, we could talk about it forever. Although, yeah, yeah. But I look at Clay Thompson, I think he's a great player, amazing, The maybe the greatest backcourt in NBA history, an amazing three point shooter. But when I look at him, I don't look at him as a player I think that uh, can carry a franchise. I mean, he's great off the dribble, not amazing. And I feel that if he were the sole focus on a struggling team, you could game plan for him, like you said. He's shooting amazing from three points, 62.3% from the three-point line. But that could also be a double-edged sword. That's showing you that he's getting the majority of his points from the three-point line. So if he's the only one on that court, and the team doesn't have to worry about a Steph Curry, about a Draymond Green, about a and I can go on, and it's just Thompson, and you know he makes the majority of his points from three, take that away from him, and NBA teams can do that, what does he do? And then that's the real question, because the greatest players can succeed at their second and third option, not their first.
0: Well, I would argue that, I see, I don't think, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I don't think he can be the best player on a championship winning team. Mm-hmm. But I do think he could carry a team to a four seed. He could be the best player on a team that got up to like a four, even a three.
1: Not in the West. No. I think in the East, maybe, he could maybe. Maybe in the but, West. Because that's because the Celtics te- are doing well in the East. Like. That's true.
0: But I, I know I West? think either conference. I think he could get up to four. I mean, look at the four right now. It's the Clippers, okay. and five is Memphis, who's just falling apart. It really sa- it really drops off once you get past the Clippers. I think, I think he could carry a team to that point. I just don't think he could be the best player on a championship. I, I wouldn't. Team. Invet-
1: I guess uh, if I'm starting a team, I don't. I don't have amazing faith in Clay Thompson if I'm paying him the max. I want him on my team, and I'll pay the max to keep him on well, my it'd team. Well,
0: if you're paying the max at the rate, and he didn't even get the full max, but he got close, if you're paying at the rate it was last year when he signed the deal, it's a lot better than what it's about to become.
1: I, and maybe this is just like a personal stylistic choice, because I, for some reason, like, I just, something about him feels off. And it's weird to say because I don't want to make it sound like I don't like him as a player, and I don't think he's a great. He's amazing talent. I, yeah. He's amazing. I just think... If he's on his own, like many of those players in the Warriors team, he will be a lot worse than we see him right now. That's
0: fair. If that makes So sense. Would you, if, we're, if we're arguing the top shooting guards in the league, is he number one or is Harden number one? Because he would claim that he's the best. But I mean, who, but give who that is to Vinny. It? Vinny yeah, cause... I'm giving it to Vinny. Yeah, I'm
2: thinking about that. I, I I would probably just because of his two-way game and defensively <laughs> he's so much farther ahead than Harden skill-wise and just effort-wise. There there are plays where you see Harden just gives up defensively, and a lot of guys in the NBA will just shake that off, look the other way. But Thompson takes pride defensively, and you look at how good the Warriors are. A lot of that is that they're locked in every night, and they're not taking off defensive possessions. So I think that puts him ahead of me, put, puts him ahead in, in my book for, for – overall player but you look at Harden's last last year
1: Harden was Last year he was fantastic incredible yeah. so could in
2: be just a down season He's just not
0: as – I mean this year I the don't like what he's done The defense is a good done. point the yeah. defense is a good point But can
1: and, they make can I make the argument to you Vinny? that Clay Thompson, yes, he's playing inspired defense, but isn't it easier when you know the other four guys in the court are also got your back on oh, defense? Oh, no doubt. Because like, no Harden doubt. is there, and I'm not making an excuse for him. He does struggle on defense. That's true, but... but
0: you just said, like, I don't know, five minutes ago, that if you're that level of player, like Harden is, that you yeah. have to carry your team to yeah, that next level. Yeah, I'm struggling
1: with this. And, yeah. they, and, and this still comes back to the idea that the shooting guard position itself is dying. Because if this it, is the debate it we're having,
0: weak. yeah, I mean, because we had the top five discussion, and C.J. McCollum was a guy before the podcast. Hmm. We were saying, yeah. is at least top ten. I mean, he's probably number six or seven on and that list. And maybe
1: this is a new era because before this, with Kobe leaving, now it used to be a Kobe way. These kind of guys were yeah. easily great players, and these other guys, the guys were—they have holes in their game. If that makes sense, and yeah. I don't like great players to have holes in their game.
2: Early two thousands, the two guard dominated. You look at a guy like uh, McGrady, even if he is a three. Yeah. Like you said, Kobe and and I'd say in the past five, six years, it's it's transferred to sort of the just a wave of point guards, very elite point guards coming up and sort of being the primary focuses of offenses.
1: So you, you heard it yeah. here first. Vinny's declared this the era of the point guard. Could be. The I think NBA. it's that in the
0: forward, though,
2: because I think yeah, a, a big part definitely.
0: of it is like your Durant's yeah, and your LeBron oh, Paul George. No doubt. But yeah, so I think it's between those. Uh, you're right, because the big men are slowly dying off mm-hmm. as we're seeing the move to small ball. Although I think you can still win with good big men. I,
1: I, can I you do find them, you, though?
0: I think they're out there. But, but now guys they're, all, they're like, all growing up well, now wanting to shoot uh, jump shots. It is funny games. that we look, and a guy like Roy Hibbert, who – just a few years ago was such a big part of that Indiana team is now just fading away on the Lakers. It's it's crazy to see because he was so big for Indiana. That was a huge part of the reason they pushed that game to that series yeah. to seven games against the Rim Heat. protector. Yeah, rim protector. He played well. He actually had some decent post moves around the hoop. Well, that's but... a good
1: example of my Clay Thompson piece. Not that Clay Thompson would fall off, but Hibbert was on the right team at the right time. It really matters. People forget that because everyone in the NBA is talented. Even that 450th guy is talented. But once you find that right fit, then your potential can really be unlocked. And maybe that's what happened with Hibbert. He left Indiana. Now he's back to being the guy who, coming into Georgetown, couldn't do a single push-up. So he had flaws (laughs) coming in, and (laughs) he's flaws now.
0: That's true. That's valid. All right, let's keep it in the West, and let's talk about Oklahoma City because they've been playing really nicely recently. They're on an eight-game streak uh, they're third in the West at 52 and 22 Westbrook. He's got seven d- triple doubles in March and that ties him with Michael Jordan for the <laughs> most in a calendar month over the past 30 seasons. So he's been, he's just been playing off the charts charts. Durant had uh, a great night the other night as well. He was over 30. They're both there. They seem to be clicking after the all-star break. It looked like they had some problems right now. They're playing really well. Uh, I guess the thing I want to toss out there is I think they would be the best team in the East if you could magically shift them over. The the Cavaliers are at 52 and 21 in the East right now. Oklahoma City 52 and 22. I think the Thunder would absolutely overtake the Cavs and it would be a very tough path for them to the finals. I'll
2: I'll agree with that. Yeah. I think that I mean, it's it it would be tough seeing that LeBron historically has matched up pretty well with the Thunder, whether it's been regular season games or that Finals back in I think it was twenty eleven or twenty twelve when they beat him four to one. Twenty twelve, I think. Yeah, yeah twenty twelve. Yeah. Yep. Um, and the I mean, the Thunder for for me the the biggest um obstacle that's keeping them from going to that next level is having a third guy who's really going to be able to contribute. In the they past, had him at yeah, one point. Yeah. <laughs> hate to go back to that. but um, yeah. I mean, Ibaka has shown flashes in the past of being able to do that defensively, and sort of with, with Billy Donovan in this year, he's getting less touches, mm-hmm. fewer, fewer touches, and I think that's... um, he, He's even said himself that that, at times, is affecting him defensively. When you don't touch the ball for five, six possessions straight, it's harder in the NBA to play with that same defensive intensity. So I think if they were able to get him involved regularly and get contributions from guys like waiters consistently, offensively, um, then without a doubt, I think they'd be the best in the East. But it's not foregone conclusion for me, for sure. With the Baca, does
0: it, I know you watch a lot of the Thunder. Does it bother you that even when he is getting involved in the offense, he's just shooting a lot of jump shots? Because it seems like he's stepped it out a ton. And for me watching that, I just don't think that's the way he best serves a team.
2: Yeah, I, it can be frustrating. You look at his build and you're like, well, why doesn't he take it down in the low post? And I think that's just sort of the way that the big man in the NBA is kind of evolving as much as um, it's frustrating if you're a big 90s basketball fan to see the big stepping out more. But um, he, he can hit that uh, three-point shot, maybe not at a very high percentage, but he's not afraid to take it. And uh, if he's confident in it and he's playing good defense, then I'll, I'll live with him shooting jumpers as long as he's a, a presence defensively. You know? And
1: they just signed Cantor to mm-hmm. a, a good contract yeah. as well, so he's not alone down low at least.
0: And Steven Adams has been playing great. I'd even are a good that he's, team. Yeah, they're a solid team. But, yeah, I, I think I like – I'm not a big Cantor fan um, for a no lot defense, of reasons. No defense? Yeah, no defense, just a bad attitude. But <laughs> I, I really like Steven Adams, and I think he yeah. brings a real – Intensity and physicality that team that they wouldn't otherwise necessarily have, but um, Reed, are you would you you you'd probably take the Cavs over? I don't know in the East if they were in the same. same I don't. The
1: Cavaliers are a weird team in themselves. I think the Cavaliers are a really good team, and I honestly think they're going to do really well in the playoffs. But the one problem they have is that they play down to the level of their competition. That Mm -hmm. being said, I think they also play up to the level of their competition. Mm -hmm. So this season they played the Thunder four times and they won three out of the four times. So they are close in record, and if they were in the East, the Cavaliers would have the edge. So I'm just I'm looking at it, and <sighs> I think the Thunder, through and through, are a more talented roster. They're a better team, but LeBron is still by far the best player in the league. Really, by you're saying far. that over Curry? My God, of course, oh, yeah. Wow. I'm I'm I mean, disagreeing. I think I think LeBron, I mean Curry's great to watch. We can get that discussion before, but LeBron elevates a team like no one else. He's defense, he can do everything and I think the Cavaliers um if they lost to the Thunder in the East I wouldn't be surprised, but it would be a way better fight than I think you guys might give them a chance. Maybe, maybe I maybe I'm biased. I, still I love think LeBron. Be a fight. He's, he's maybe the, my favorite player I gotcha. ever besides uh, mm-hmm. Dwayne Wade. But yeah. I still
0: think it'd be a fight in the East. I just think it'd that be a great fight to watch. Best. I wish yeah. you were right. Cause... See, that'd be so much better because then we'd have two elite teams in each conference yeah. rather than three and one, and we're not going to get to see yeah. a good Eastern Conference Finals most
2: likely.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I've
2: always been in favor of the NBA switching to. They'll, they'll never do it but just an overall ranking 1 through 16 regardless of conference those teams make the playoffs and you have them go up against each other I think it's just a more fair way
1: to yeah, avoid maybe it, depressing for of the final east. every year'd be depressing <laughs> for the East Coast yeah. and TV money too. this right? year would be a little In,
0: bit better for the east but yeah you're right like last year would have been brutal
1: but if you were thinking as a fair you're right Completely. yeah
0: yeah and so while we're talking about the thunder let's jump into the games of the week so we've been doing this for a few weeks now I'm going to toss out a game from each night from tonight through Sunday, and you guys tell me which one you're most interested in watching. So Tuesday night, so this is tonight. We're taping this on a Tuesday around 5 o'clock. Oklahoma City at Detroit. We are just talking about them. Reggie Jackson going up against his former team. That's, that's tonight. Wednesday is Atlanta at Toronto, so the three versus the two in the east. Uh, Thursday is Clippers at Thunder. Friday, Cavs-Hawks. Saturday Toronto San Antonio and Sunday Hornets Cavs. Is there one that jumped out at either of you guys that you like?
2: I think I'll go Clippers Thunder just because of there's been a bit of bad blood in the past with that uh that rivalry and as um the the Thunder have been hot and with a convincing win recently against the Raptors and I think it'll be interesting to see how they're doing against the top of the, of the West, apart from um, San Antonio and Golden State. The Clippers are, are, are right there and they, they always have entertaining games. A lot of high power offense. so that That's the one jumping out at me. But a lot of good games.
1: i got to go Spurs and Toronto. Um, yeah. Both teams are number two in their conferences and both teams are really fun to watch. Now, I think the Spurs are better than Toronto, but if you're even just an average NBA fan, you can sit down and watch that game. You're going to get some really good basketball from two teams that are set to make um, at least spirited runs, and that's one of the playoffs. only teams
0: left. Really, that the Spurs are thirty-seven and zero at home. They're four games away from a perfect season at home. I, I think that's one of the games left for them that they yeah. could, they could, you know, feasibly they could possibly lose.
1: No, yeah, yeah. and then also, I, also the Cavs and Charlotte, the Charlotte game. Yeah, I mean, Charlotte, I like that Charlotte's one a lot. team yeah. that rides under the radar of many teams. They can make that competitive especially to what Cavs seem like I said earlier, plays down to the level of their competition. So yeah. for watchability-wise, yeah. that could be a good game as well.
0: And it could be a playoff preview. You never know how things end up shaking out in the East. You never do. Yeah, because there, there are a lot of teams packed together there in the middle of the pack of the East. So you know, maybe second round, the Hornets end up playing them. So I like that game as well. I think I think I want to see Cavs-Hawks one more time, even though last year yeah. we saw that. Yeah, that one's good. Um And even Atlanta-Toronto, because right now that's looking like the most likely second-round matchup. Mm -hmm. And personally, I think Toronto would get out of that series and pretty much unscathed. But I I would like to see them go up against each other again this year, see how that one turns out. And then, so we're going to move on. The Warriors have four games this week. I just kept them completely separate from the games of the week because I think, at least for me, (laughs) every Warriors game is now more interesting than most of the games on any other night because they're almost there at the record. So, tonight they play Washington in Golden State. Last time we saw them play, John Wall had an incredible game. The Warriors won anyway. Steph, Steph played absolutely out of his mind. Uh, tomorrow night is Golden State at Utah. Friday is Boston at Golden State. And Sunday is Portland at Golden State. Is there one of those that stands out to you guys? The one for me, I think, is Boston because they're going to get Jay Crowder back, most likely. They're very hopeful to have him back for that game. So, between, I think out of all those games, it's going to be Boston. I think the one in Utah coming off a back-to-back could be tough because the Jazz have been playing pretty well recently. But I'm really looking at that Boston game out of the next four.
2: Those those are all interesting because of, I think the – I remember early on when the Warriors, I think, were still undefeated, Boston playing them incredibly tight at home, and that – if yeah. I'm not mistaken, going to overtime.
0: That's right. Yeah, I was watching that one too. I thought was that crazy. was the one they were gonna lose. And I know. It was not. <laughs> yeah. um, they
1: played Boston in Boston, right? Yeah, yeah it, it was in Boston. Boston.
2: So I mean with the Warriors at home, it's almost like there's some sort of magic they're playing with and they, they just I, I've decided they're they're not losing at home anymore. But <laughs> you decided that, um, have you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if if by by some uh magical way they uh they blow a home game. I think it would come. Are, are these all at home this week?
0: The so uh, the only one that's away for them is at Utah.
2: Okay, and that's on Wednesday. Um, you know, I'll go, I'll go with Portland just because of how Dame Lillard played that first game where the the uh, back from the All Star break. Yeah, Trailblazers yeah. completely great. outplayed them and shocked the world. And I'd love to see Dame sort of come with that same energy. See if they could do it. At uh, at Golden State,
0: and they need wins because they. I mean, Portland's in that fight at the bottom of the mm-hmm. West. They they should make it in the playoffs, but yeah. I mean, it's a fight for seeding now because nobody wants to play San Antonio or Golden State. Yeah, and right now they're at the six spot, so they're gonna want to stay there.
1: Yeah, no, uh, Portland's good choice. They're most likely, I think, to beat him because Damian Lillard is the giant killer. He's yeah. just one of those players that I love. He actually has what I said earlier. Clay Thompson lacks. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but I love Damian Lillard. Uh-huh. But um, that Boston game is a good point although i would say that if it were in boston i would be afraid but the fact that boston has to travel all the way to golden yeah. state and they're a, they're a young team yet i think travel like that um really is underrated the washington game is also one to watch now they may not be great but bradley beal's a top 10 shooting guard in this league john wall is inc- is just a blur and he's a superstar talent i believe and so that's someone that could slip up but i mean in the end we can agree that these are the Warriors' games to lose, and um, even though I did say it in an earlier show, I think they may not break the Bulls' record. Are you changing that? Now? No, no, no. I'm not oh. gonna change it now. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> don't, don't be, don't be silly. <laughs> Seven <laughs> and two
0: over the final nine games. You don't I, think they're gonna do that?
1: No, I think they can slip up. I think it's possible. and I'm gonna go down with my ship, but that's fair. It um, it does look like they're gonna they're gonna make a run at this thing. So it'll be fun to watch either way. Yeah.
0: Vinny, do you think they're going to break the record? I, I want to get you on it. You do. Okay, I you're do. with me. Oh,
1: yeah, ask him like five games left in the season yeah. or something <laughs> like that. I asked you a while ago. That's <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. But, yeah One no, game left. Do you think they're going to do it?
0: Yeah. <laughs> nine games left, and I, I, they got to go 7-2 and two to pull it off.
2: I think so. This doesn't seem like the type of team to – catch some butterflies late in the year and, and blow it out of nowhere. I mean, they've just been proving people wrong the whole year back when they were 20-0, and 0, tw- however many still undefeated people called it still impossible at that point. And they just have been keep going going strong the whole year. So I, I think they'll do it. Yeah.
0: if I think there would be more question in my mind as to whether they'd do it if this week was made up of a couple tougher games. Because four yeah. games in six nights is always going to be tough. Mm-hmm. But I, I just think they're still going to pull it off even though because this – this week, I mean, Utah, they're all good teams that they're playing. Washington's under five hundred at this point. But Utah, Boston, and Portland are all solid teams. Yeah, no. They're just not that next level where it's like, okay, I could see them well, those losing are the maybe right two games here. They are. The ones yeah. you think That's they're true. not that good. But I think they're so locked in at this point because with nine games to go, everybody's talking about it. They're ready to play every night. Quick funny
1: story, actually. Steve Kerr was quoted a couple of years ago like, talking about if anyone would ever beat because he was obviously that 96 Bulls team. Would they ever beat the record? And he said basically no. <laughs> because no one could do to go through the rigors of a full season, that, how much it would take, and the reason they did it, because Michael was on a mission. We all know he was out of the game for you. He was on a mission to prove himself. Who would have thought he's now coaching uh, a team? The with, team that'll do, that, it. That, <laughs> that that, do that, it. That could, that could do it. That could. Be very careful I'm with your words. <laughs> that could do it with a transcendent player like Curry. And Selsen.
0: he's admitted that they're going for it now, because it was only the players who were As talking they about it. they should. It. Yeah, they, I agree. They I should. know they
1: are. Who, who would they just be alive if they said otherwise?
0: All right, so let's wrap it up. The last thing, we'll do full final thoughts on Blake Griffin. He's now serving his suspension. He got cleared to play. He's medically cleared so he can start serving that suspension. What do you guys think happens when he comes back? Do you think they'll be, it'll be able to figure it out quickly right off the bat? Because Doc Rivers has said that he's, really, he's getting winded in practice <laughs> and that he's really not ready for playing 30 or 35 minutes a night.
2: You know, I think they'll try to ease him in. As much as they can, because there's really not that much time left before they have to play all out. Um, I think he'll be ready, ready for the playoffs. What what ready means exactly is, is tough to define, <laughs> yeah. but um, I'd be in a jersey. <laughs> yeah, I think he'll be able to take them past their their first round matchup, which looks like pro- probably be with the Grizzlies. Yeah, I think. And um, after that, who who knows? With the uh, with the Warriors looming in that uh, ne- next round. And I don't think he'll be a difference maker at one hundred percent or not playing, you know. So, uh, but I I think he'll he'll be ready to go.
0: Yeah, I think that Memphis series really works to their advantage because I don't think there is any question they win that. They could even Mm -hmm. you know cough up two games, and I still think they win. Memphis is a shell of the of their former selves. I I really think that that series is a nice way to work him back into it because he's not going to get many regular season games. But I I don't know.
1: I am not worried at all. I think this is a little bit of gamesmanship. Yeah. On the part of Doc Rivers and them. I mean, the idea that he's not in shape, like, oh, my God. Yeah, they say
0: – Doc said – there yeah. was a quote <laughs> that he was, he was winded after three minutes. I think. No, I think yeah. this is a little
1: bit of <laughs> underestimate us because we're yeah. coming at you hard. He knows there's two big giants in the West. I think, I mean – Maybe it's the nerd in me, but I think the interesting thing about the story is his suspension itself and what the precedent sets and Players Union and all that because we talked about earlier before the show, he's being suspended for four games, but they're taking five game checks, which means he's essentially playing a game for free. Now, people think, oh, what's the big deal? He makes millions, but it's a precedent set that now teams can basically make players pay play for free. And if you're part of the Players Union or whatever, you're not happy about that. So, I mean, that was the most it interesting, interesting part about yeah. it. But no, I wouldn't be worried at all. Clippers Nation shouldn't be. The biggest thing they should be worried about is the fact that you're, like you said, they're gonna have to face maybe the Warriors or Spurs in the next round. And there, no matter how good a shape he's in, will be a hard task.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, guys, this has been a lot of fun. Um, I'm Kevin Kelly. Thank you, Reed Horner, and Vinny DeBellis. This has been a lot. I hope you guys enjoyed as much as I did. I did.
1: Thank you for having us.
0: Absolutely. Uh, We'll have to do this again as soon as possible. Uh, You guys can check back next week. There'll be a podcast being posted around the same time, around 5 or 6 o'clock on Tuesday. Thank you very much for listening, and have a great week.